You're listening to Heroes Radio, your home for news, speculation, rank strategy, and so much more. So don't go away. We've got a great show for you starting right now. Welcome back, Heroes, to episode 56 of Heroes Radio. I'm, of course, David, and I think we like our vacations. Yeah, no kidding. Um, it's, you know, we've, we've both had a lot lot going on. That's kind of, I feel like that's an understatement. That's fair. That's fair. But, you know, we're back this week because we've got, we've got to talk about Kel'Thuzad, right? We've got to talk about his, it's not really a resurrection, is it? It's, no, they have a video series called Resurrecting Him, but it's not really like a resurrection. No, I thought the the kind of goofy plot that they gave was he's always been hiding in the Nexus, but now he's finally sprung forward to uh, put forward his nefarious plans. Hey, they gave us Dreadlord Janna. They can say whatever their stupid story is. I'm fine with that. Dreadlord? Is that a skin for her? Dude, you haven't seen the new skin for her? No. and Straight see, up Dreadlord. Wow, that's pretty cool. I wonder if... I don't know if that's WoW-related or not. I know Jaina's getting a rework, uh, which is something that's in the PTR, and we're going to save for next week. Um, as of right now, I don't think any of us have any particular reason why uh, we won't be back next week, so we don't take another uh, obscenely long break. <laughs> oh, but, God, of I course, no promises. Because we certainly don't want to um, do that. And as on a sidebar... Um, one of the things that I also want to start doing is because I know that we had to scale back um, the uh, hosting service, which if you don't know is SoundCloud, if you find us through iTunes or Stitcher Radio or one of those uh, other pathways, uh, the reason why it went down is because we downsized. But one of the things I want to start working on is getting the older episodes put up on YouTube, on my channel. Ooh, and that nice. way that way, that there's still a backlog of old episodes. So if, if people come and they like the show and they go, oh, dang. You know, I want to listen to old episodes. I want to start getting them up on YouTube. It is going to be a time-consuming venture. So, again, uh, I'm bad at my job, so no promises. But the idea is that eventually um, the idea is to go back. Um, For us, I have, I think, pretty much all of them from when Russ and I started together. So we'll at least be able to back... The idea is that I want to be able to at least backlog that far back. I want to be able to have at least all of the ones where Russ and I are together. Together again. (laughs) So, without further ado, because I don't think you and I have had as much time in the Nexus as we would have wanted. I I did get to play... I've played some quick match, but that's about all I've been able to get my hands on. And of course... Ugh. This season ends in six days. The season ends in six days. But the other thing is, though, but I want to ask, um, and because I, I know I was super frustrated last time, and I think I already know what your answer is going to be. Should I wait a week after the new season and then jump in? I only would because you get a lot of the people who are doing their placement games out of the way. Pers- like, that's what I would do personally. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you can't wait, like, I really don't blame you. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's been a while. It's, it's been a couple of days. Yeah, it's been a couple of days. 
So I think, but see, the thing is for me, I have waited this long. So I'm not super like, oh my god, if I don't get into this new season on day one, I'm I'm going to crap a cow. You know, I'm not I'm not that like twitchy or you know I'm not getting that itch that bad. I do really want to get back into ranked because ranked is one of my most favorite things that would keep bringing me back to this game. But I you know I decided that I would take a season off. You know, again I had a lot going on. So it actually worked out perfect timing-wise, and I wanted to see what would happen, as with you, that when you took a season off and came back, how that affected my MMR in a ranked season by legitimately sitting out an entire season by not playing a single game. It'll be an interesting little experiment, if nothing else. So uh, before we get into uh, the patch notes from the 23rd, I did make you a promise that I would not read what the brawl was for uh, August 25th, even though it's probably almost over, or is over by the time you read this, but you said it was hilarious and I needed to read it, so I'm going to read it blindly live on the show. So here we go. It's time for a new brawl! Or has this one already happened? Oh, of course. It's a picture of Chromie. <laughs> it's so hard to keep track. Join us for a sand-slinging battle for the ages where you play as one of ten identical masters... Oh, God, it's Chromie. It's Chromie Dodgeball. Yep. Oh my god. Okay, everyone plays as Genie Chromie or either on either the attacking or defending team. Attackers are equipped with extremely <laughs> long-range sandblasts, but no other abilities or talents. Defenders have access to no abilities and must, and must dodge incoming attacks. If a defender gets hit with three sandblasts, they will be killed, resulting in them spawning as a ghost on the opposite side, where they will have access to time traps and will grant vision and slow attackers. Rounds will last 10 seconds at first, with each switch reducing total round time. If round length reach reaches uh, 3.5 seconds, sudden death will commence. Tornadoes will spawn at the outer <laughs> rim of the map and slowly travel towards inwards, pushing all players to the center. The first team to win three rounds will be crowned victorious. Wow. Kind of awesome. Uh, complete, complete three rounds. So, I wonder... Okay, so actually, here's a legitimate question. Was it a uh, was it a limitation of the engine to where they couldn't make it to... Because it sounds like there's an attackers and their defenders. But that's not, that's not like... I mean, I think we've all seen the Dodgeball movie, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. But both teams are attacking each other. So why do we have an attacking side and a defending side? I don't think it was necessarily... I mean, it might have been a limitation with the engine, but it could have felt, at least for the developers, that they were just re kind of recreating the Stitches uh, pool party. Okay. And I think they really wanted to do the ghost part. I think that was... That's a really good incentive for having attacking and defending, because then you have... Yeah, you so died, maybe and I can screw with maybe people. the maybe the mentality is maybe the game wouldn't have ever ended if you because again if you pop up on a ghost on the other side but again if you hit the person who because again with an actual dodgeball if you catch a ball right that someone else threw then someone else then one of your team can get back in kind of thing right mm -hmm. so with this that would have been a lot to constantly go through and maybe the game would have never ended. Yeah, honestly, like, and then if you have them be out permanently, 
it's not as easy to balance if they're ghosts, so then you have people kind of doing nothing. So yeah, I actually so think I, this is more fun. Like, it's actually I, really I think this is, yeah, I think this is actually, you know, I was thinking about it, I was like, this isn't real dodgeball, and I was like, well, you know, if they were trying to actually do that, that would probably never, the game would never end. It, because there's just, I don't know how you would ever do it. Um, but I'm, I know now exactly why you wanted me to look at this specifically, because you knew that I would abhor ten chromies in a game. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love me some Ghost Protocol. I love that. Ghost Protocol is still probably the only brawl that I will continue to play after I've done enough to get my chest. Just because I love that tension of, you know, maybe you can kind of see someone there, maybe you can't. You don't want to necessarily touch, because it's on uh, Towers of Doom, you don't necessarily want to expose yourself to channel the objective because then you'll immediately get sniped. And it's so, it's this, it's almost like cat on cat because there's no mouse, right? It's cat mm. on cat. And it's so good. I it's, mean, there is a mouse that's what you're using to shoot. Mm. And, and then <laughs> jokes all night long. So let's uh, let's get into the balance from last week, which would have been the twenty third. We are currently recording on the thirtieth of August. Wait, so, so real fast, wouldn't mm-hmm. you love if they did a like um, tag version of uh, the Ghost Protocol, where like one you know one person is the person you're trying to find and shoot, or you know. If they stay hidden and can run away for long enough, you know, they win. You could maybe do that with Valera? Valera, whoever, because that actually would work better because you could do that, you know, quote unquote tag. That'd be, I just, yeah, she could, she could, yeah, she could pop out and tag. Yeah. (laughs) Tag, you're dead. (laughs) The reason why my, the reason why my mind jumped immediately over Zeratul, because he couldn't blink, and that just seems a little less fun. Well, and I was only thinking Nova because you could have the hidden player have the increased speed, but no one else have it, so that person's moving faster. And I was but. thinking it wouldn't be as much fun with Samaru, but you know what you could do with him? Shell game. <laughs> which one's the real? Uh, uh, which one's the real Blade Master? That uh, that sounds amazing. I want that now. <laughs> okay, so your buddy Alarak. Uh, he got a couple changes. Level four talent negatively charged. Bonus damage increase from 3 to 5. And level 13, Blade of the High Lord, which is a passive. Bonus Sadism increased from 6 to 7. Cap increased from 30 to 75%. So they just kind of, they just kind of, they just kind of turn the knob just a little. Yeah, because honestly, like, he's such a, he's a lot like Butcher in that he's a snowball. You know, when you're, when you're getting the kills and playing him really effectively, he's very rewarding. So just rewarding play people more. For the the E bonus is good, and I do like the uh, I like both the changes. I, I I think when they're doing little changes like this, I think they're at their best for balancing. Like these are both good, not really dangerous changes. You know. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about Alarak is Alarak is one of those heroes where I'm like, if someone picks them in a pro game, I'm immediately like, just my eyes are glued to the Alarak because Absolutely. I because. F- because of Alarak's ability to be able to move himself, allies, enemies, he has so much influence on what happens on a battlefield. And seeing good Alaraks at play just brings a tear to your eye. 
because it's so amazing to watch people that are, you know, duh, so much better at the game than we are, <laughs> pull off yeah. these amazing things. And just like I say that one time when you know I, I keep talking about, I, I it's it's ingrained in my head that time that we were uh, the game that with MVP Black in it when he was on Lee Ming and he shot off magic missile and immediately started walking away like a like a bamf, right? <laughs> and and just knew that his magic missile was going to hit its target and was walking away before it even got the killing blow and it still got the kill and it was so cool to watch. And it's one of those things where knowing those things is so it, but again, like I said, Alarak to me is just that hero that I love to watch the pros play because the ones that do it well, they make a spectacle out of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I will, uh, I will, I will stop um, praising uh, Alarak play from the pros, and instead praise the sun. <laughs> oh, like during the eclipse. Oh God, you know, like our uh, nope, nope. Oh, just moving on. <laughs> I I think we saw the same thing. Anyway, yeah. Uh, it, Illidan, the hunt, cooldown increased from 60 to 100. Yeah, uh, with this his is a good change. Yeah, with his built-in cooldown reduction from Betrayer's Thirst, we wanted to give his enemies a bit more time to prepare. Oh, I bet he didn't see that coming. coming. Ha, ha, ha. ha. They're so punny. They're so see, punny. And I'm actually okay with this because... Yes. Yes, the, I part, am. Well, it's, it's not just the cooldown reduction that's built mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. You really shouldn't be allowed to use him like a split pusher. Like, it's cool, and I like that he kind of has that niche. Niche? Niche. Mm -hmm. But that's... No. No. He shouldn't be able to do that. It's weird and doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, so Kerrigan. Uh, her Ravage got tuned down a little, but both her Impaling Blades and her Primal Grasp got tuned up. Um, energizing grasp at level one was removed, and adaptation from level seven was removed. And I, th I think adaptation is the one that I took a lot. Um, Kerrigan's win rate has been at a steady one to two percent climb each patch for the last few months. While she is not demanding picks or bans at the moment, as of last week, she was sitting on top of the Nexus. After closely analyzing her numbers, there was nothing standing out as a major reason for her climbing upward, so instead of doing anything massive, we felt it best to do slight damage redistribution, moving a small percentage of her ravaging damage into her other abilities will help some talent pick slash win rate issues while also bolstering her stat shot abilities. Wait, wait, I want to I wanna say with this developer comment, you know when people like say what they're actually saying whenever you hear like a quote from like a politician or something mm -hmm. I can sum it up real fast we don't actually know what is happening with Kerrigan so we flipped a coin and this is what the magic conch told us I see because come on guys like you just literally said we don't actually even know why so we tweak numbers and honestly I think this comes back to the thing that you say almost almost every week and that is because the game is constantly getting reworks and new heroes, balancing is is just... I, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, we're the balancing gods and we would know exactly <laughs> how to fix the game or anything. So I don't I don't want to get that misconstrued as us coming off as too conceited. Well, I mean, but maybe I think, you wouldn't be able to. No, I'm kidding. Mm, I'm but, kidding. 
but but I think you are right on the money with this with this thing that you say every week, and that is too often what happens is heroes get tweaked in one direction, different things change, and now those heroes, because of of what happens with everything else, even though nothing else about that hero changed, because it, you know it, it's almost like one of those puzzles, right, where you you push in. You know, it's like nine tiles or whatever, and you push in on one, but then a couple other ones pop and rise up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what I see when I look at how they balance these heroes. Is that even though you know the things change in the game, and so the, you know basically that's Blizzard pushing in on one tile. Well, here come two or three other tiles that rise up, and those are the other heroes that even though nothing inherently about that changed, they're still rising to the top again. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is, like you said, you know, Zarya, you know, all these other, he- you know, Zarya is the big one that we always talk about, right? She got, you know, she came out, then they they kind of tweaked her, then they hit her really hard with the nerf bat, and then she was useless, and they brought her back up again right to where she was when she came out. And I don't, I don't know what else, I mean, I don't know how you actually feasibly solve this problem, but I don't know. It's just one of those things where you kind of again. Unfortunately, though, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, and this is something you talk, you and I talk about all the time. And I think this is why. Again, I'm not. You know, again, we love this game for everything that it is. But one of the things that I will praise uh, League of Legends for and Dota is, well, again, they don't have they don't have consistently new heroes coming out all the time. But one of the things is is that you know they they are not constantly changing the game like this all the time so patches are fewer and further between and things stay that way and they also are modifying the game for the pros cuz that's that's where it's at you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying they're yeah. they're changing the game based on high level of play and everyone else below just simply has to adapt and I think that's one of Blizzard's still biggest problems is they still try to balance for the little guy. And I don't think that's ever going to work. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, you can't have Valera as top dog. You can't have Nova as top dog. You almost, you know, again, Zeratul, I think just because of his Void Prison is what makes him still worthy to take in in pro games because of how he can still really control and lock down the battlefield and you know the good again because of his abilities again Zeratul you know and again it used to be that Nova it didn't really matter how good your skill was she did so much damage that an unaware player was just going to get blown up right Zeratul I feel like and this is one of the reasons why I don't think Zeratul is one of my top picks and I'll be honest Zeratul is a high skill ceiling uh, hero and so in order to be able to do the things that the pros do, you have to be able to pull off those abilities very well. You have to be able to micro Zeratul very, very well. And so I feel that's why you know he's one of those niche ones that the pros can play really well, but he's not a menace to the lower tiers of gameplay. You know what I mean? Right, because typically if you're in the lower tiers, you are not good enough to own them with Zeratul. Right, with, you know, the blink, and then the recall, and then the and then all the way that his talents build in, and then all the combos they can do. It's, it's tough for, you know, 
silver and bronze and maybe even some golds to be able to pull off those abilities. So, uh, your favorite hero, we got we got the Butch. His kit is such garbage. <laughs> okay, uh, basic attack damage tuned down. Fresh meat trait. Um, uh, kills from heroes reduced. Meat lost on death increased, so they're they're kind of hitting him with the bat here. Insatiable blade. I'm sorry. In yeah, insatiable blade. Um, adjusted functionality. Remove the bonus healing. Increase uh, movement speed bonus. And the uh, victuals. 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 Uh, healing increased from four to five percent per minion death. Dang. Okay. Uh, no, the reason you don't know that word. Mm-hmm. It's an old person word. It's an old, old word. <laughs> I mean, something that maybe Deckard Kane would say? Oh, absolutely. Diablo. Okay. Vexuals. <laughs> uh, crippling Slam bonus duration increased. And Enraged Passive armor bonus reduced. Aw, I usually took Enraged on the odd chance that I take Butcher. So, their developer comments are, From Inception, the Butcher has had a long, healthy life amongst the top five win rate heroes in the game. Okay. Maybe? Oh, um, yeah, no. He, he... That's why they're nerfing him. Because he's a gigantic snowball. Oh, but it says From Inception, like, since the beginning of the game? Well, because he's a, he's a noob crusher. Right. Um, previously, this was primarily isolated to quick match, and his overall play rate wasn't high enough for us to have any major concerns. After the newest round of changes, he has stayed true to his name in quick match and, ha and is beginning to pick up steam in ranked play. We agree with the massive amounts of feedback that it felt odd that a butcher could so willingly trade his life for an enemy kill to progress his quest. I see what they're saying. These changes to his meat gain loss should help those uh, should help bring those situations more in line. While the talent changes were directed fully at bringing over and under tuned talents closer to the power level ex uh, expected at the respective tiers. So basically, so that's how he was getting played as suicide butcher, and then it made sense because he would get more meat out of being able to suicide himself and continue to get stronger. Right, and you only needed like. I get you only needed, like, basically eight kills on heroes, which, guess what, if you're a bronzy, you don't know how to position, so you're going to be one of those eight. Yeah. But that's the exact problem I have with his, his trait in general. Like, he encourages you to be super aggressive, mm -hmm. and yeah, this punishes him a little bit more, but mm -hmm. his spike is so huge mm -hmm. that, like, if you don't hit that, he's a basically a... a do-nothing character, so that should you shouldn't have that big of a swing with a hero like him like, if he's good and competitive it'll be bad, but if he's bad, he's just a character you never pick up, he's too much of a swing character I would agree with that I really would, and and you're right in that he's, he, he kind of took over I think Nova's place as a noob crusher because he's he's not like a Valera that has to that needs you know I, I think Zeratul still probably in terms of like noob crushy type characters requires the most amount of skill. I think Valera is pretty high up there in terms of knowing because again she's got two different sets of abilities. That's I think Zeratul's 
better almost maybe i'm wrong in this this line of thinking but and i'm i'm more than welcome to be challenged on it i'd love to uh hear other people's thoughts on it but uh valera i still don't know if she has the damage output that's that zero tool has but then on top of that she has two different sets of abilities that's a lot to manage but oh, butcher yeah. but butcher he just goes meat and charges and you know really messes up someone's day which i i mean i've always loved that fear you you know you hear it come out and then you see him charging at you it's a it's a fun almost like you know dead space feel to it i love the fear when you're on the enemy team of of hearing it and then just seeing this massive unit just chase you down it it even though i'm on the receiving end of it sometimes i still love that little the little bit of fear you know but well, so honestly i think he his kit in general but i know is, how to avoid butcher well right but I, I think his kit in general is actually not that far from being good just the fresh meat trade is bad i think yeah well that's nothing... why they that's why they changed it yeah but the, the it, it it's a similar problem to alarak but i think I think they need to stop with this. Once you hit this cap, you just have it. I think it's okay with like Alarak, who's trading it for other stuff. Right. I think I think meat should be your currency throughout the whole game, and you should be able to have this give and take. Yes. Where you know, spend some of your meat, lose damage, gain movement speed, and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. would love to see that. I think he would be a much better character. That that could bring a lot more diversity to him. Kind of almost like how Chen is. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, well, I think you have to take a talent, right? But if you're high on, if you're high on brew, then he Brewmaster's does one thing. Brewmaster's balance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ex- excellent trait. Uh, no, yeah. sorry, talent. Yes. <laughs> so my boy Thrall, the mana cost for his chain lightning got reduced. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, level one, uh, crash lightning damage per stack increased from ten to twelve. Rolling lightning mana return per attack increased from. 12 to 15. Level 4 mana tide. Uh, mana return reduced from 20 to 15. Aww. <laughs> um, level 16 thunderstorm added functionality. Damage from final quest reward now also applies to chain lightning bounces. Ooh. That's actually a huge... I mean, that's, you probably still won't take that, but that's a good buff. It is. It is odd to be picking up a quest at level 16. Yeah, but it's, it's not one that's like, quote-unquote one you complete so to speak like it's kind of a weird one uh-huh so i like that because it it did feel weird but now if you are able to play him well i think they gave you a very good this is a good level 16 spike i like it a lot yeah like you should be rewarded for you know playing your throw well i think i think that's totally okay yeah uh so uh twin axe throw boy zuljin Level 1, Bone Slicer. Bonus damage increase from 20 to 30%. That's it. After they just nerfed his damage. This is this is the stuff I don't understand. Yeah. So his damage wasn't enough, so you had to buff a talent, which now means I want to take that talent more because you just nerfed my damage. Right. That's a self-fulfilling cycle. Yeah. See, I think this is what they were trying to avoid. Right? They're trying to avoid must-picks. And now yeah. it almost makes this one feel like a must-pick. Well, it's because it's the same complaint I have, is when they build these... He- so the bad heroes, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, are the ones they build solely around their trait. Right. Like, think think about it. Leeming was so broken. 
mm-hmm. Sylvanas is still broken to the point that two lane maps are bad. Yeah. Uh, Butcher's bad because of his trait. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuljin is super fun and his trait is interesting, but mm-hmm. you have to focus on his trait. Like, you have to. You don't have a choice. Yes. So I think they need to be his, a little his more... His entire... Everything he does is built around it. Yeah, Malthael is another one. Like, yeah. What, you have to maximize his trait because that is what the kit is built around. So, of course, talents that maximize his trait, you know, that whole self-fulfilling cycle again. Right, whereas someone like, say, Kael'thas, it's just kind of built into how you do his rotation. Exactly, yeah. And you, actually, don't have I... to, you don't have to build into the uh, Fel Infusion, you just have to know how you want to build Kael'thas and how you want your rotation to go down by using your, um, your Fel Infused ability by doing so. Oh, I think that trait is, is probably... Not the most well implemented, but it's pretty close. That's a very well done kit in general. I think Kel'thas is a very good hero. That's why I used it as an example because it, your your exact point was, you know, people like Zul'jin, their trait, and then we do have some people like Rainer, whose trait is just completely almost useless and means nothing. <laughs> right? It, Rainer's trait is what he gets uh, additional sight. Right? He can see further. Right? Isn't that all his trait says? And, and range. That's the two, which, yeah, it's... I, I'm okay with Rainer being bad because it's a great introduction character for people. Right. And and you need a couple of those, but yeah, it's basically... It's almost like a blank t- uh, trait. Right. And, and But, you know, another one that's not too terrible uh, would be Murden. Right? Just oh, yeah. don't don't get hit for a while and he'll heal himself. That's not yeah, so I, bad. Uh, oh, yeah. I, and it, it so fits his character. I... Yeah, I... I they they see this is a frustration. They do so well on some heroes, or I'm like even like Diablo. I think is a well built hero, like really With the well souls. built. Yeah, the and the souls is really the only complaint about not being able to res, uh, be able to save your souls. So there is some give and take there. Yeah, um, but otherwise, like he's really well built. Meriden's really well built. Johanna. Um, I don't personally like playing Zul, but I think with his new change and some of the changes that are coming up in the patch notes, I think he's in a good place. So it's frustrating when they nail it and then completely whiff later. Yeah. And I, I actually did get to play Zul after the rework, and he was fun. I got to play him on Tomb of the Spider Queen, so of course I got to get, you know, hell of a lot of pushing in. <laughs> um but so his um, his skeleton health has been reduced from 270 to 240, which I'm not sure why that was necessary because they still almost essentially get one shot by uh, towers. I'm not sure if that was just a mechanic that it, they always get one shot or if that was literally damage numbers falling into place. But uh, skeletal mages for his R cooldown increase from 70 to 90, which is fine because I always use his poison vomit. Level 7... Trag Owl's Essence, healing reduced from 1 to 0.5 per skeleton basic attack, mana return increased from 0.4 to 0.5 per skeleton basic attack. And of course I love doing the skeleton build I did before. And now it's a little different, but it's still pretty viable. Oh yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I think Zul's a good character. I think he's kind of, he can be kind of boring, because your whole job is to be an XP machine. Yes. But I think, he, I think he's He's not one of those where you can't use him to team fight now. Like he has some team fight potential. Mm-hmm. I I don't think well, he's... especially now with Bone Prison spawning the skeletons, and if someone's in lane with you and all of your skeletons tear down on that one person, it's frightening. Well, doesn't that sound like a horror movie? 
It does. It does. He'd make it honestly a really great like horror movie villain. But uh yeah, I think he he's not perfect, but he's he's pretty close to That's being, it. But... That is it. Terrible low budget B movie Rise of the Necromancer. Oh, that would be great. Like a little bit of the uh, Dawn of oh, no, is it Dawn of the Dead? No. Evil, uh, the evil original Dead. evil original Evil Dead. Yeah. yeah, just no. See, that's perfect since he's old. You can still have uh, whatever Campbell play him. <laughs> uh, uh, was it Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Yeah. Be, why not? Oh Lord. Oh, I want this so bad now. <laughs> now, now I'm sad. Well, how about uh, level thirteen? Will cheer you up. Echoes of Death. Damage reduced from seventy to sixty percent of. Spectral size damage. Well, I lied. I thought that I said that would cheer you up, and it was a nerf. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, what? How does that cheer me up? How's that happier? Uh, well, if you don't like mutalisks, Zagara's level sixteen talent mutalisk duration reduced from forty-five to thirty seconds. Well, isn't forty-five a ridiculous number to start with? I mean, it's not as ridiculous as what it was originally, right? Where a mutalisk was, uh, or if it got uh, was indefinite. Oh, yeah. I've chased you to the ends of the earth or would follow people in stealth. <laughs> I mean, so... Uh, <laughs> don't, don't know who thought that was a good idea, but uh, it was bad. So, well, I mean, uh, if you hated stealth, it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. um, um, so now into support territory, we have Ariel. Um, not one of my i mean i know she's a good healer or uh, you know can be in certain situations if you have like a vala to be your battery but um abilities uh bestow hope uh hope generation ratio from hitting heroes increase from 40 to 50 percent um sacred sweep outer damage reduced but the center damage increased detainment strike initial damage uh reduced but the stun damage increased by quite a bit. So they kind of flipped these. Initial mm-hmm. damage went from 115 to 58 on the initial. But the stun damage went from 115 to 174. So basically what it was, uh, what I'm getting from this is that initially, the initial damage did one thing, but if you stun with it, it did double. Now they're saying, well, if they just push you a little, it does nothing. But if they hit you against something, it's going to hit you pretty hard. Which is great. I am. This is a fantastic change. And cooldown got its um, uh, resurrect. I'm sorry, cooldown got its cooldown reduced. <laughs> resurrect got its cooldown reduced by 20 seconds. Good change, um, but probably doesn't matter. No one's taken. I mean, again, I think resurrect in most situations may not be the best idea. And my other problem, and this is why I don't play Ariel. Um, and I think Aegis can sometimes put other players in really bad spots because yeah, that's true. Because the thing is, is the difference between what Karazim can do and what Aegis does is that with Karazim's ability, you would have died anyway. Right? Because the the palm, the you know, Divine Palm it only goes off if you hit zero. So in all actuality, you would have died anyway. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't actually put you in stasis unless you take fatal damage. So it actually helps you out a lot because um, you can do one of two things. Right, you either can run away because the enemy team isn't going to want to hit you because they're worried about you coming back with a lot of health, so you will actually have the chance to retreat, or you can stand there and fight. They may not want to hit you, and you can get off some cool abilities, and maybe you do get hit, and then you come back anyway. But you would have died regardless. 
Well, so the, the that's actually the problem. Okay. How, how people are using ages. It's not actually supposed to be used like a, uh, an ancestral or a palm. It's okay. designed for mitigation of burst damage and or uh, the it's it's perfectly used when it stops like a Genji reset or a Li Ming reset. It's really designed to stall. I it's see. not really supposed to like save. I see. Which is why people, like you said, put people in really crappy spots. Like I've actually seen where Kerrigan pops her ult and gets uh, ageist, and you're like, oh, that's a feel bad moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I actually kind of wish when you ageist a uh, ally, whatever their ability was, froze kind of like Void Prison. But mm, I d- that'd be I a do- good idea. Well, it, it is and isn't. It's kind of nice that it you know in case you're stupid it helps you but it's kind of there is a skill cap because of when you cast it honestly i think if resurrect just had the uh cooldown of when a hero is going to come back from like five seconds to like two uh-huh. and a half sure I-, I think it'd be a lot better i actually don't know why they put it at five seconds i think five seconds is ridiculous um i think just because with with the ability to legitimately bring a player back onto the field, it has to. There, the sacrifice is you have to stand there for five seconds, and you could get beat on during that five seconds that you're casting it. I oh think, no no no! The cast time's like a point two five. Oh, the the five seconds is how long it takes for the person to actually like resurrect. Oh, I see. I wanted them to do like a one second channel with a two and a half second delay before the person returns. Mm-hmm. So then there is a little bit of a window. Um, but it, it literally is worse than ages because you're like, well, I have half, ha- half health. You just gave the enemy team five seconds to surround me. Uh-huh. Yeah, my cooldowns may be off now, but I'm probably dead. So it's, right. a dead ult. it's a totally dead ult. At least with the other one, you get some energy off of it. Yeah. So that yeah, I yeah, resurrected. They they they're so terrified of it being good that they've made it terrible. Yeah. And then level 7 talent bursting light completely gone. So basically, Thank I'm God. not going to I'm not going to read all the developer comment, but I think the first line is as summarizes what they were doing. <laughs> These changes are designed to reduce the reliance that Ariel has upon a hyper carry style character to be an effective healer. That's it. That sentence summarizes every that they they made a whole paragraph, but that summarizes everything they changed. Agreed. Is they just didn't want her to be again, and I even said she can be effective if she has a Vala. Or, you know, something like that. And they're saying right here, we're trying to reduce that. So that's fine. Uh Lucio base maximum health increased and his so they made him a little tougher. <laughs> Tassadar, yeah. who's still under the support column, go figure, <laughs> um, has base attack damage reduced. His maximum health has been reduced, and his health regen has been reduced. Mm-hmm. And um, level one, um, Kaderin's uh, look, bonus mana from regen globes increased from fifty to one hundred percent. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good change, and I think made up really, words that I don't know how to say. I think it's ironically reduced his attack damage. Uh huh. I th- I thought it was fine because so again. This is my frustration. Like, I understand, quote-unquote, like, auto-tactaster as a support shouldn't be a thing. Right. But it's the same problem, and I don't know why they didn't target Tassadar the same. If you have a Tracer or a Vala or a Illidan, he's broken. 
If yes. you don't, he's just fine. He's only broken in pro play. So why didn't you just focus on those same things mm-hmm. and kind of let him be in the same place as Taronda, even if that means he's worse? Like, these don't actually change why he was so good. Right. So on to uh, Taronda, our owl-slinging sentinel of the Nexus. Taronda. Uh, level 4. Uh, celestial attunement added functionality also removes silences okay we have a lot more silences in the game i kind of like that it, it, that's great i like it a lot uh Kaldori resistance see i know how to say i know how to say made up wow words because i've played wow <laughs> and, and warcraft 3 i know how to properly say made up anyway um max spell armor stacks reduced from four to three okay um, level 13 empower added functionality also lowers the base cooldown of sentinel by four seconds okay harsh moonlight uh is also level 13 slow amount reduced from 30 to 25 but and damage re- uh, reduction amount from 30 to 25 okay so just kind of tuned her down a little but also gave her the ability to remove silences so i don't get the harsh moonlight change because you buffed empower so I feel like you could have probably left Harsh Moonlight alone because you couldn't also get the cooldown reduction. Right, you can't double dip on level 13. Right, so, I mean, it's not a bad change because I think the more slows in the game, the more annoying it is. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was kind of her utility was the damage reduction. So I'm not yeah. I'm not sure about that change, but it's kind of whatever. Okay, so Uther's next, and Uther's my boy, so I'm not sure if I really want to read what they did to him, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm scrolling down the page to read what through heaven. Okay, armor for healing allies with basic abilities reduced from 25 to 15. Oh, So now he only gives out 15 armor on abilities now. Holy light healing increased. Okay. Self, uh, self-healing increased. Okay, so he heals for a little more but gives a little bit less armor. Right, which okay. is an excellent change. I okay. like that a lot. And holy and holy radiance increase for healing. All right, you know what? I understand it. I'm not super. I'm not super perturbed about it. I get it. Uh, level one talents wave of light bonus duration to armor buff on quest completion reduced from one to one uh, to point five, and mana return reduced from eight to five per hero hit. Okay, and level five, or I'm sorry, level five, level four. A holy fire passive damage reduced from 16 to 14 per second. So um, they've said we found that increasing the niche of Uther's. Oh, we found that by increasing the niche of Uther, players could easily build teams with two supports that were increasingly uh, incredibly difficult to counter, thereby creating a slow gameplay trend that could be frustrating to play against. We think it's great to see double support every once in a while, but Uther enabled it too well when paired with almost any other healer by reducing the armor he granted via his trait and getting a little more healing throughput uther should feel slightly more well-rounded i i agree i agree i there there really really isn't anything i have to say every once in a while you know when they do something like that i'm like you know what that makes sense honest question yes do you think they're regretting putting uh armor in the game um because it's become a huge problem for them. You think so? Well, I mean, look at poor Uther. Like, that's why he's such a problem, is literally armor. Verbatim, it is armor. 
And then if you look at like right, but the, armor is what allowed him to be able to put be put back into the map to begin with. Yeah, but just the the fact that they. I mean, they could have come up with a different solution entirely. So. Well, and I don't even have a problem with necessarily like they're using damage mitigation. Like as a paladin, like kind of honestly makes sense. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. But I meant more that it's not even that armor is a problem. They don't know how to balance armor. It's why we have double support, double tank, kind of still. Right. They, they they're terrified of burst, which I really do think damage numbers need to go up personally. But whatever. Right. Um, there's no burst in this game. You cannot kill someone fast enough. Well, so your original question was, do I think they're regretting armor? And that that really is a loaded question. And I think the reason why I say that is because, of course, when it first came out, you and I had a lot... You and I really... If we weren't completely over the fence already as to we were against it we were darn close to the edge yeah like i think you and i were very trepidatious about armor and what it could mean for the game versus you know and again before there was just a handful of abilities that either made you weak for a little bit or made you tough for a little bit and it wasn't like this super big thing right and i kind of understand why they were doing it but then again and this was my problem it made again we turned we turned johanna into a she has physical resistance so now she's the anti she's the anti auto attack tank and now we have a nubarak who i think is still pretty fairly good in a lot of situations but you know of course with him having the uh being uh with having the spell armor Right, he's the anti-mage tank, but of course, with his stuns and his movability, and the pros are using the cocoon kind of non-stop to take a player out of combat. You know, I think that's been, you know, they actually put him in a decent enough place to where the pros were wanting to bust him back out again, and so you see him all over the place. Is you know, but again, to the average player that's going to look at him, that he's the anti-mage tank, and so now we have all these niche characters, and so it's like, well, okay. Greymane now can be busted out. Well, if the other te- other team is auto attack heavy, and he wants to be in wolf form to be able to get that anti you know uh, auto attack damage, so it just it it creates too many caveats to too many heroes. Now we can't just have the tanks be tanks. And and again, I've said this from the beginning. I don't think tanks should have niches like that. I think they should have niches and what they specifically do. Like mm-hmm. ETC being a displacement tank, right? He can he can you know he can power slide to stun, and then he can he can face milk uh, face milk. Uh, he is a cow. He is a cow. Um, he can face melt to put to push people away. <laughs> he can oh put, lord! <laughs> um, wait, is he a cow or a bull? Well, I really hope he's not a cow. I mean, because uh, I'm I I could then ask you the question. I wonder what ETC's milk tastes like, and I don't think you want to answer that question. Definitely moving on. Um, the and then you had um, you know Diablo, who's kind of like the gang tank, right? And then you had uh, Murden, who's basically the stand in everyone's way tank, right? Or he and he could peel really well. I mean, you know. Uh, 
ETC can peel through proper use of his displacement, but, you know, Muradin can literally, you know, jump his way into the middle of something and Stormbolt, right? Mm -hmm. So he is the, he is the, this stops here tank, whatever you want to call that, right? And again, Diablo, you know, comes running out of the bush and then Shadow charges you and, you know, so it's kind of displacement, but I say gank take because he can come out, pick you up and then smash you into the rest of the group. And it's like, kill this thing right here, right? And so each of the different tanks, depending on how you wanted to build around that, performed a specific job within the game, right? Now everything else is almost being decided through this draft, through this draft meta of what do they specifically, you know, uh, what are their strengths and weaknesses in terms of armor, right? How do we, you know, how do we take this and and do anything with it? And that's that's what's bothering me. Well, no, I agree, because literally, I mean, I've been on a magic kick, I'm not going to lie, so I mm-hmm. watch a lot of heroes, but every time I turn on... Well, Lord, I've been on a big D&D kick, so we're even. Nerds, the Marine, unite. Um, <laughs> but every time I turn on, like, poor Moonfair or, you know, someone else, it's you know, boils down to, did you pick Uther in the first phase? No. Did you ban Uther in the first phase? No. Okay. Okay, if they play the way they should, you're gonna lose, and that's not good for the game. Like that's that's really really bad. You know, if you if you're gonna go Lee Ming, you shouldn't be like, well, they picked um, a new Barak. Oh well, guess I can't play this character. That's that's not good. That's where the whole talents were supposed to come into play. Where right. you could, if you were a new Barak, you could say, well, I'm gonna sacrifice either my mobility or my health or whatever to now mitigate more. Spell damage, okay, fine. There's other ways to, to get at you. Like, right. I, would, I would like to see, specifically for a new Barak, or even like Johanna, like, if you are going to pick a talent that gives you more armor, that's specifically like magic, you lose phys- some physical armor. Like, you make yourself vulnerable, so there's actually some kind of trade off. Right. Because otherwise, like, it's just you are literally turning characters into counters, and that's. A, no one enjoys it. That rock, paper, scissors thing is not interesting. That is... That is exactly it. That is the problem. Is I mean, your desk okay? Yes. Um, <laughs> I would say maybe... I, I would I would, I would, would tweak that only a little bit, because I think this is a little bit more like um, rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. But... The, the, the... But, but you're right on the money, is that is exactly what it's coming down to, is, um, you know... Almost like, you know, Pokemon, right? Did they pick a fire type? Well, then let's pick a water type, right? Oh, did they did they pick a, you know, did they, did they pick a, a ghost type? Well, we can't pick a normal type because its attacks aren't effective, right? It's this constant back and forth of, well, they picked this, so we have to pick this. And that's not fun because then it's down, again, it comes down to rock, paper, scissors instead of skill and play style. One also goes against their inherent design philosophy of talent viability. Right. Like, if I pick a new Barak, I, according to how they built this character now, I shouldn't be going into anything else other than stopping mages. Right. And that's not good. Even if it's not necessarily true, you've instilled in me by, like, he's the mage tank. Though he shouldn't be the mage tank. Him, Diablo, ETC, like you said, they're displacement and CC tanks. Yes. That's what they should be. Mm-hmm. Why, why, and this is why I say I wonder if they're 
regret adding armor is because they're driving themselves into a really honestly a dangerous path that I don't know how they get themselves out of. I mean, the only other thing they could do is say, oh, well, you know, armor didn't work out, we're taking it away. But the problem is, is well, okay, maybe only Garrosh has it now. And I think that would have been cool. Right. Was, and I'm fine with even Uther keeping it. Yeah. Because, like, again, rather than saying damage mitigation, it's easier to say he gives armor, which fits a paladin. But, like, inherent armor on tanks is, like, now that they've added the little bar, it kind of makes sense, but... It's not really easy to see. Like, there's just so many problems with it that I'm surprised they they added it. I think it makes their life actually a lot harder. I, you know, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say hindsight's fifty fifty. <laughs> okay. And the reason why I say that is because maybe this just looked good on the drawing board, and it looked like something that was going to be able to solve all their problems. Because it was another knob for them to tune, and they thought they were going to be able to do what they needed to do with it, and it was going to be the catch-all, and it was going to work really well. And now that we've seen it in action, and we can look back and say, "Oh, well, here, here." I mean, come on, we, you know, I mean, you and I kind of, kind of saw some of the problem. I mean, we foresaw these problems from the beginning. But again, this, this is how this always works on paper and in the math. It, it looks, it will always seem to look one way, and then when we get the actual product or when we actually get the results in, it's gonna, you know, when when the play testers completely see it in action, it's gonna completely swing the other way, right? And again, this is what comes into my D and D kick, which is, you know, again, um, when you're when you're running a, a campaign in D and D. And, and you have a certain you have certain things in mind of what's going to happen the players can do all sorts of random things mm-hmm. that you can you can never possibly account for right that you can never possibly account for so when stuff like that happens so I've had some of those where a, you know a player will say oh well I'm gonna I'm gonna I come up with this brilliant idea right and mm-hmm. do something and I go well, Okay, here's what happens because of it, you know. And so, again, that's that's kind of my point is with all again their their team and their QA people is a small group, and then when it actually gets out into the public, they are just gonna you know ramshod this stuff to no end and figure out how to really break it, and that's just how it works. Well, you know it. it what it tells me and again i don't think this is their fault i i mean we were hard on them because we should be like they they need that that feedback Uh uh-huh but it's not in in malice like if i met a developer from blizzard i wouldn't be like you're a moron like right they are absolutely trying and care but it tells me that they added armor because again they weren't they had a cool idea i'm not saying they didn't have a cool idea but they weren't sure what to do even back then right because they're like how do we separate ETC and Anubarak and Johanna like some are always going to be good some are always going to be bad it's like you separate them with their talents that's how you separate them so they introduced this and now it's because they didn't plan properly in the beginning it's now a colossal headache yeah speaking of colossal headaches Chen oh he's, god good he's always got a colossal headache he's always got to be hung over right one would assume that's a ridiculous amount of, well you know you, you remember watching the show Archer where he's like I'm cutting down on drinks uh-huh. but, he, but he's like but you still had like eight he's like well honestly I'm afraid the collective hangover would kill me 
Right. <laughs> so it's like, did I'm you actually to... did you actually see though where they did an they did a short with Archer, but it also had the Kingsman in it? No. You should you should totally watch that. I'm 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 super excited for Kingsman to come out, and I was so glad that they actually made that. It you know it's an it's a legitimate Archer cartoon. It's a mm-hmm. short. It's got Archer in it, and it's got the voice actor, or it's got the voice or the actor that plays the Kingsman character. Does the does the, it's it's great. It's brilliant. Go watch it. Um, I I will absolutely look that up. That sounds awesome. Um, I don't know how big of a fan you are of Archer, so I knew that I, I had to tell you when you brought it up. Uh, Chen. Uh, our uh, drunk of the Nexus, your drunk uncle. He is a drunk uncle. He's he's Lily's drunk uncle. Um, his health got reduced. His health regeneration got reduced. Level seven refreshing elixir gone. Purifying brew moved to level twenty. Oh, I'm sorry, moved from level twenty, but the cooldown increased from ten to forty-five. So it was at level twenty, and now it's level seven. That makes sense. I mean, that as a level seven, it would have been really broken. All right. And level 16 flying leap bonus range reduced from ten, from 20 to 15 percent. Um, speaking of another headache, uh, Garrosh, Garrosh, uh, Warlord's challenge as if he didn't need more taunt increased from 1.5 to two whole seconds. Oh boy, howdy, did we need more taunt? Look, I'm just look we. Let's move on because if 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 we talk about if we go off on a tangent about the, about taunt two, we'll never get through the night. So I just love that they doubled down on it. That's like a, I mean, I know this is not why they did that, but if I was doing bouncing or even the notes, uh-huh. and I'd heard all the complaining, I would have done this just for the giggles. Yeah, uh, level one unrivaling strength increased throw range from twenty to twenty five percent, and bonus damage from a hundred to one hundred twenty five percent. Great, sounds good to me. Uh, level four, in for the kill, increased bonus damage from sixty to seventy percent, and level seven, into the fray, active, no longer cost mana. So we got, he he got tuned up, he got yeah. tuned up. I think he's really cool. Like his kid is not healthy for the game, especially his throw a friend talent. But I I really like him. I think he's a very cool character. Yeah. Um, so... And I'm kind of bummed we haven't played, because I've wanted to throw you into towers. Mm, thanks. Oh, you're thanks. so welcome. Um, okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna go over Kel'Thuzad, because we, uh, we have to talk about him. It's He's so cool. Um, so, but here's what we are gonna, here, here's what we are gonna say for next week, because, um, it, it, I think it would take way too long, and we need stuff to talk <laughs> about next week. Jane is getting a rework. Lieutenant Morales is getting a rework. I think one other. Leoric's getting a rework. Yep. And then. And that's it. No, the, I, well, there were. F- so Butcher. You know what? Actually, no. I'm not going to say. It. There was a fourth. I don't remember who it was. Um. I mean, Chromie. F- Chromie. It was Chromie. Haha. I looked it up. I, I, I guess it could be considered a rework. But it doesn't have like the same thing where like where Jaina has it and the other three where it shows a whole new like a chart for their talents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't show that for Chromie, but she is getting she is getting she is getting some changes. And by the so, way, I'm I'm excited for next week because I actually don't have complaints. I think all of it was really good. Like yeah. it gives me it really genuinely gives me hope for their balancing. I think they did a great job. Okay, so. Will you be obeying the call? Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> okay. 
I want to so bad, but I don't have any time. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, if you um, are in service to Kel'Thuzad, um, you can slay heroes and earn in-game rewards before the event concludes on September 25th. Uh, each quest in this four-part chain must be completed in order, and only one quest will be active at any given time. So it's kind of like how they've done the previous um, events, like this, where they're chained together. Uh, games played in versus AI, quick match, unranked, and ranked modes will all count towards quest progress. And games played during Acolyte, Necromancer, and Lich, uh, and Lich Lord quests must be won in order to earn takedown credit. Dang. Okay, so um, getting a getting this a little interesting. So cool. Um, so quest and rewards. Ghoul uh, play a game with Kelthazad present on either team. Reward Ghoul portrait. Uh, achieve thirty takedowns in winning games as acolyte. You get the acolyte portrait. Uh, achieve 60 takedowns in winning games, reward Necromancer Portrait and Necromancer's Blight Spray, and the Lich Lord achieve um, 90 takedowns in winning games, reward Kel'Thuzad's Portrait and Nax Ramus War Chest Banner. Oh, I actually kind of want that. <laughs> oh, I want that. But that's at the very... Why did they have to put the good thing at the very end? I mean, I know why, but dang. <sighs> okay, so ranked play, of course, what uh, you know, what I'm rubbing my hands together for. 2017 ranked season three. Once today's patch arrives to the live version of Heroes of the Storm, 2017 ranked season two will officially come to a close, and season three will begin, which is fine for us because we did our team league, so we'll at least get credit for that as we wanted, and I will be able to go. Um, further from there. League standings will be reset and all players will need to play through 10 placement games in order to oh my god. 10 placement games. The matchmaking systems currently level in all player matchmaking. What? The matchmaking systems certainty level in all player matchmaking rankings will once again be loosened in order to make it easier to move up and down the rankings during initial <laughs> It's the same thing as it is every what? time. Well, players... no, I know, but the down part is what makes me laugh. Like, thanks Blizzard. Thanks. Uh, players with high matchmaking ratings can now place as high as 1,000 points in the Master League. That's probably not a bad idea. No, that's uh, a really good good decision. Okay, that's fair. I, I'll give them more credit. That's a really good decision. Uh, Grandmaster well, League promotions into Grandmaster League will now occur two weeks after a new ranked season begins. Okay, fine. I new really hero. like it because I hear people complain constantly about having to play for like two months to get the master, and that is kind of dumb. Yeah, that may, I mean that makes sense. I, yeah, you're right. Uh, Kel'Thuzad has faithfully served the Lich King both in life and after death, reanimated as the Arch Lich of the Scourge and given domain of the dread necropolis Naxxramas. Kel'Thuzad remains Arthas' most trusted advisor and master of the cold dark. Trait: Master of the cold dark. Quest. Gain one blight every time a hero is rooted by Frost Nova or hit by chains of Kel'Thuzad. Reward: After gaining 15 blight, the cooldown for of all basic abilities is reduced by two seconds. Reward: After gaining 30 blight, gain 75% spell armor. Or I'm sorry, gain uh, spell power. Ooh. I've seen the video for Kel'Thuzad. He looks like a lot of fun. Not gonna lie. Um, yes. And he is a, he's a burst assassin, isn't he? He's a burst assassin. Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, like I said, there was not burst in this game. Uh, Pally time, again, try mode, 
comboed and did 8,000 damage. Oof. I'm really looking forward to replaying the... Um, you know you know, I've loved me some Jaina for a long time. I love... I love my I love my cold girl, uh, my ice queen. But I think I think it's awesome. I love his kit. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these. I'm, I'm, there's so much I'm looking forward to. Uh, basic abilities: uh, death and decay after 0.5 seconds. Launch an orb that explodes upon hitting an enemy, dealing damage to enemies in the area. The explosion leaves behind a pool of decay that lasts two seconds. Uh, dealing damage every 0.5 seconds to enemies. Frost Nova, create a Nova that explodes after 1 second, dealing damage to enemies inside and slowing them by 35% for 2.5 seconds. Enemies in the center are rooted for 1 second. So you kind of want to chain your Death and Decay and Frost Nova together. and then Or also they have Chains of Kel'Thuzad. Launch a chain, dealing damage to the first enemy hero or structure hit. For four seconds after hitting an enemy, change can be reactivated to launch to another additional enemy, pulling both enemies together and stunning them for 0.5 seconds. So there's a lot of cool things you can do. Uh, Frost Blast, which is his first heroic listed, launch a meteor of ice at an enemy hero. Upon impact, the meteor deals damage to its target and damages enemies in the area. All enemies hit by Frozen Tomb are rooted for 1.5 seconds. And Shadow Fissure. Create a fissure anywhere on the battleground that explodes after 0.5 or 1.5 seconds, dealing damage to enemies in the area. I'm excited uh, for what um, Core actually calls that ability. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's going to be inappropriate and funny. Of course it will. Uh, some quest system updates for the user interface. A quest column has been added to the Talents tab on the in-game score screen. Okay. Uh, baseline quests such as Kel'Thuzad's Master of the Cold Dark or Nazebo's Voodoo Ritual will appear in the column in this column, and quest progress will be visible to all players in the match. Okay, I was I was just getting ready to ask: Is this going to be all players or just teammates? Um, notifications will now appear in-game event log, aka kill feed, whenever a player completes a quest or reaches an important quest milestone. I like that. Uh, quest resets will now appear next to the. Uh, portrait of the slain enemy in the event log. Nice. Uh, Flame Strike's icon will appear next to Kel'Thas' portrait in the event log if he is killed prior to completing the uh, convection quest. Nice. Upon, that's that's a really good thing to know. Upon completing mm -hmm. a quest, a personal notification will not display for the player at the top center of the screen stating the name of the quest completed. Nice. Um, that All that sounds great. Nice quality of life changes. Please uh, tell me you saw the Dreadlord Janus skin. I have still not looked at it yet. Uh. Um, ranked Battleground Rotation uh, update. Added to the rotation. Infernal Shrines, Tomb of the Spider Queen. Okay, I, fine. I will come look at this real you'll fast. To, you'll just I, have to scroll I, down. That's I know. Alright. All scrolling down. Scrolling down. There's the hero. Uh, some video. Uh, ooh. Oh, that's that's nice. Dreadlord Jaina. That's pretty nice. Ooh, I like Death Knight Sonya. Death Knight Sonya would make me crap my pants. I mean, regular Sonya makes me crap my pants. Yes, but this one's even more scary. Sure. This okay, is so it showing up in a dark alley. Okay. Uh, thanks. Not going to be able to sleep tonight. Um, I did. Ranked, ranked Battleground. Um, added to the rotation. Infernal Shrines. Tomb of the Spider Queen. Great. I love both those maps. Uh, removed Towers of Doom. Ha ha! ha. War oh my God! 
They removed all three maps I don't like. Towers of Doom, Warhead Junction, and Garden of Terror. I, I don't like playing any of the... Oh, oh I'm so excited. Uh, the full-ranked uh, Battleground rotation is as followed. Battlefield Eternity, Blackheart's Bay, Bryce's Holdout, Cursed Hollow, Dragonshire, uh, Infernal Shrine, Sky Temple, and Tomb of the Spider Queen. And the cherry on top with no whipped cream, because that's how I take my milkshake. As a reminder, Hanamura has been temporarily removed from all play modes except custom games in order to undergo changes. As a result, the new rotation will feature eight Battlegrounds rather than nine. Woo, 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 woo. Ah, oh, it feels so good. I love the ranked, and I love Hanamura is still away for a while. So, um, that's all we want to talk about the PTR. We're going to cover the reworks and such uh, next week when they're actually live, when all that stuff is actually solidified as well. And hopefully, uh, you know, I'll be able to uh, get my hands on some Kel uh, Kel'Thuzad, but I still haven't even gotten to play uh, Garrosh yet. So, I mean... I got, you know, I haven't been buying heroes, so I've been trying to get up the gold, but you gotta actually play the game to get gold, and it's just, uh, it's just off this awful cycle, man. Why, why do you have to play a game and a free-to-play game to get stuff? This is ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. So, that's gonna wrap up all of that. Um, one final note, I was, I was scouring through Reddit for uh, a fun a bit, uh, a, a fun little bit. Um, I'm gonna put an I'm gonna put a note to it. This there's a hilarious video about why you don't face check bushes, um, but just as we haven't done in a while, we haven't done in a while a like silver squad segment. And this isn't gonna be a legitimate full on silver squad segment, but it's just gonna be more like a uh, PSA, a PSA that says, unless you're the tank, don't face check a bush. That well, I would even if you're the tank, make sure you're doing it properly. Sure. Um, the thing is, is now you know bushes that are closer to where you are are probably safe. I do want to caveat that by saying that if there's a bush on your side of the field, it's probably a lot safer for you to stick your face in. But if it's in enemy territory or in the middle of the map, kind of like uh, with uh, you know with Dragonshire, right, right where the DK is, there are two. Uh, bushes on either, or there's a bush on either side of where the DK is for the channel. I mean, do you really want to go sticking your face in that bush? I mean, you can. I, you I know, don't suggest it. I would not suggest it either. So, just as a PSA for all of our heroes out there in the Nexus, um, you know, unless you want reconstructive surgery on your face, don't stick it in a bush. <laughs> So, unless you have anything else to add, man, I think that's going to do it for tonight. I think we had a really, honestly, good show. I really do. I mean, and I don't like, want, I don't want to toot my own horn or nothing here. Uh huh. But we, yeah, we have fun. I think is part of it. Like this is I, this. We, we have other things going on, but this is a highlight of the this, week. This is why we do it. This is why we come back when we can to do the show because we love this game. We love talking about it. We love how excited we get about things. And again, once the new season starts, hopefully things around here will give me a little bit more time. I can try to get back into streaming. Again, I want to get those episodes up on YouTube. I want to get my computer um, back into, into, into uh, tip-top shape and get back into streaming. And I want to get back into ranked because I love talking about ranked. I love playing it. I love the... I don't love the grind, but I do love the... It feels like when you play a game of ranked, because um, again, I like the draft... But I don't like unranked draft because I feel like people don't take it seriously. That's, yep. 
Yep. And yep. that's really what it comes down to. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't take every game of Unranked all that seriously either. And it's something that's in my head. I know it is. I know it's in my head that when I'm playing Unranked, I do have this conscious bias that says to me, well, you don't have to play the best hero you know how to play because it's not ranked. So you don't have to pull out your best. You can just play something you want to play or, you know, whatever else. Like, there, I know it's, it's, I can hear that voice in my head saying, just do whatever you want, man. It's not really going to matter. When you're, I mean, and there's always trolls no matter what game mode you're playing. But in ranked, it definitely feels like when you're sitting there and you're biting your teeth and you're going, okay, what am I going to pick? You definitely want to bust out your best stuff for that. So wait, 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 biting your teeth? Is that what I said? Yes. <laughs> Did I say biting my teeth? Yes. Oh man. I'm going to bed. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, please send it to contactheroesradio at gmail.com. You can also tweet at Russ at R underscore D underscore Ripley. Um you can tweet at me at bite your teeth at um <laughs> DC. <laughs> Uh, Davidson. Um, again, uh, I'll, I'll try to remember to put a link to the uh, video in the show notes um, for why not to face check bushes. If you haven't watched it, it's great. I don't know how this video doesn't have more views, but it's it's amazingly awesome. Um, other than that, I, I again, the plan is to come back next week. Um, as far as streams go, uh, it's just, you know, with everything going on, this is the time that we have. So, um, I, I'm really sorry about that. You know, again, I'd like to get back into solo streaming. I know Russ is really busy with things going on in real life. And honestly, you know, I'm just thankful to have the time that we have. So, um... I'm going to live vicariously through you, just so you know. That's... I mean, that's that's perfectly fine. Because I was doing the same for you because of when you had a little bit more free time during the day and you were watching all the streams and getting to play more games and making videos and other things were going on with me, you were just kind of telling me... You were just kind of filling me in and then I would give my opinion. So once I get back into ranked, it'll I, I definitely will have, I think, a lot more to say on the whole all day, every day. So um, otherwise, I think that about covers it. Um, enjoy your time in the Nexus. You've been listening to Heroes Radio. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Send any feedback, questions, or discussion topics to contactheroesradio at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the live show every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash davidtwicetv.